Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Monday edition. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us there. If you're joining us on YouTube, uh, you can join Chad in the chat. Chat's often. It is. It is. Uh, you also, uh, if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, our studio location. We say hello to Andy Staples of On Threes, the college football insider. You can also check out the uh, Andy Staples show uh, on YouTube as well, which is also on fire. Andy, thanks for the time, man. Hope things are well. All good. How do you describe the two plays to finish Ohio State and Notre Dame? Wild. And, you know, 21 guys on the field. So <laughs> don't see that very often, but that's what, you know, spent, I'm still in South Bend and, and heard Marcus Freeman talk about that day. I, I went up, visited with him in his office and he was explaining, you know, how he would handle that situation if it ever happened again. And it's one of the things where you remember, this guy's in his second year as a head coach. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he hasn't encountered yet that, you know, maybe the next time he, is encou- he encounters it, he'll be ready. And, one of the things that, that he said is that they're going to have a signal now if they ever find themselves in that situation where the ball is down, you know, on the far hash and they can't find, you know, they, they, they realize they have not enough guys on the field and they need to stop the action because, you know, they could have sent an 11th player on the field, but at the time Ohio state is lined up and about to snap the ball. It wasn't like, so they, they threw an incomplete pass on that second down play. It wasn't like somebody came over the headset right then and said, we only have 10 guys. Nobody noticed until Ohio State was about to snap. And so you could send the 11th guy out, but if you do that, he's going to get caught on the wrong side of the line of scrimmage. They're going to drop a flag and they're going to let the play continue. So even if you stop them, now you're going to have to stop them again. You gave a free play. So they had to have a way to tell one of the defensive players to jump off sides and touch one of the offensive players because that would cause them to blow the play dead. So they're going to add it. They've added a signal now. If they ever get in that situation again, the corner nearest to them will get the signal and he will reach out and touch the wide receiver and that'll draw the flag and stop the play. Andy Staples uh, with us. What about the, the, so the first, the first 10 men on the field, they didn't notice. Is that what Freeman's saying to you? Yeah, they didn't know. They, they did not know, and they went into the next, you know, calling the next play without realizing it. And it wasn't until everybody was all lined up that they figured it out. What do you make, Andy, of Ryan Day immediately going to Lou Holtz in, in his postgame <laughs> rant about what he said about Ohio State in this game? I think it's because Lou Holtz was the most prominent person in the most prominent venue who said what a lot of people have said about Ohio State. And so the, the, the narrative that Ohio State is, I think, soft would be the word that, that a lot of people would use. And I think Day has heard that a bunch. And he got, you know, he, he got the prominent person saying it in a prominent venue, which was the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. 
And that's what he seized on because he's been waiting to say, we're not soft. See, we're not soft. This shows you we're not soft. Now, does it? That's for everybody else to figure out because what Notre Dame did to them in that last touchdown drive that, that gave Notre Dame the lead was a situation where Notre Dame had been pounding on them all game. Ohio State had, had held up against the run pretty well early was not holding up against the run very well late. Well, that reminds you an awful lot of the last two Michigan games. So I don't know if it means that they have absolutely put that thing to rest. You know, I think it means they're going to be challenged again by Penn State and Michigan, who have better defensive lines than Notre Dame does. Maybe not better offensive lines, but better defensive lines. And if you get in that situation against one of those two teams, do you punch it in? Andy Staples uh, with us, our guest from On3. Uh, and you can check out uh, his show on YouTube uh, through uh, the On3 network. Um, Andy, see if you buy this. And I realize he got the, the contract bump and uh, pay bump uh, last week, and that was announced for him at Ohio State. But saying it after Notre Dame instead of after Michigan, to me, tells me the he's hearing the chatter about you got to beat Michigan don't lose to Notre Dame, you know, don't let it happen to where you're a two loss team and the second loss is to Michigan. If you get past Penn state as well, is he feeling any heat whatsoever? And I, I know he's saying this after the week where they're announcing that he's staying, but it was just odd that he chose that moment instead of Michigan. Well, they didn't play Michigan. <laughs> well, what could he have said after they lost to Michigan last year? Well, so, no, I'm saying, I'm saying say now, I, no, I'm saying this year. When they play Michigan later well, if this year, Michigan, he doesn't have to say anything. <laughs> if they if they if they physically abuse Michigan, nothing needs to be said. But yeah, he hears it. But it, I guarantee. But, he hears but I'm it. saying if they if, if the they time. don't beat Michigan, then what difference does his comments make after Notre Dame? Not a damn bit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, he hears it because it's all it's out there. It is the pervasive thought about. Ohio State in this era and they have to prove otherwise and like you said if they don't prove it against Michigan or Penn State I don't know that anybody cares if they proved it against Notre Dame and Penn State is quietly still doing what they've been doing yeah no and and Penn State feels different this year because Drew Aller looks like he, he has a much higher ceiling at quarterback than they had with Sean Clifford you know, the, the numbers didn't look great Saturday night, but they're playing in a driving rainstorm against one of the best defenses in the country, and he still threw four touchdown passes. I think, I think Penn State has the potential to be the best team in the Big Ten. I don't know that they'll be able to beat Michigan and Ohio State, but they get Michigan at home, which, you know, they, they cannot beat them in Ann Arbor. They get killed in Ann Arbor, mm. but they play them close in, in State College, and they play Ohio State close everywhere. So if Penn State is slightly better, then you'd think there's a chance they could win both those games. I'm, I'm playing into the 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 storyline here that I, I described earlier with Chad. But Oregon's dominance over Colorado is the same type of perception on the opposite side, a complete 180 of what I felt when Oregon was just drummed by Georgia. Uh, knowing mm -hmm. that all the eyeballs were on Oregon, what does that do for the perception of the Ducks now moving forward? And do you... Right now, do you take Oregon or Washington as the top team? I, I take Oregon, even though Washington beat them in Eugene last year. 
because I, I, I like the way Oregon's built on both lines of scrimmage. Now, Washington could completely prove me wrong by just torching Oregon because Washington's receiving core is incredible. And Michael Penix Jr. Is, is, just throws the prettiest ball in America. But I feel like Oregon, starting when Mario Cristobal was the coach, but, but continuing as Dan Lanning has been acquiring players, I just feel like they're more physical than, than most of the teams in that league. I think Utah would be the other one that is that physical. Washington is good on both lines of scrimmage, but Oregon feels like they've got, they've got some elite talent. And I think Dion knew that was coming. I think if you go back to last week, when somebody asked Dion about what Dan Lanning said earlier in the summer, and Dion's like, not saying a word. He's like, it's, I'm not saying it's personal. I love, love the man, respect the man. Yeah, he knew what was coming. And so I, I think Oregon can not only beat Washington, I think they can win the Pac-12 and, and make the college football playoff. I think they're probably the Pac-12's best hope in the college football playoff because they're built the best to deal with these other teams. You know, USC, we saw against Arizona State, like the defense is still a problem. And I, I just, I don't know that I trust them yet. I, I trust them to score a million points, but I don't know that I trust them to not give up a million points. Now, Washington may be able to, to prove me wrong, and we'll see when they play Oregon in a few weeks. You know, if Washington's defense can shut Oregon down, then we, we can probably say the same stuff about them. Yeah, there was something about that Alabama loss to Texas, Andy, that just felt different for everyone watching when it happened in Tuscaloosa. Uh, there's something that felt very familiar about this win, easily pulling away from Ole Miss at home for Alabama and Nick Saban. Do they have their identity now? Do you feel like they're comfortable in that? And is that identity good enough for Alabama to win the SEC West this year? I don't know if they're comfortable in it, but it certainly seems like that's what it is. And you know, I'll be curious to see how the offense evolves now that they have settled on Jalen Milrow at quarterback because it certainly felt like they were running an offense that looked more built around what he's good at. And, it, you know, the offense they were running earlier felt like, well, this is, the, this is the offense we're running and it'll work with any of the three quarterbacks we decide to play. This one feels kind of bespoke to his skill set. And, you know, I do think that's good enough to win the, the SEC West. I, is, if, this, if that game against LSU were in Baton Rouge, I, I may feel a little bit differently. But I do think Alabama, especially defensively, is good enough to slow LSU's offense down. And if you turn that into a game where they're just pounding on each other, I think Alabama's got a good chance to win it. Andy, how do you describe Florida State? Do they, do they have the edge? Do they have an identity right now? I mean, I think they're probably the best team in the ACC right now. I don't know that that necessarily means they're a national title contender. You saw Clemson played a really good game against them. Clemson's got a bunch of good players, a bunch of NFL players, but I don't know that Clemson's as talented as who you might see in the playoffs, you know, a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Georgia. Uh, the question for Florida State is, can you hang against a team like that? And... I don't know if we're going to get an answer to that. We've, we've seen them now against probably the two most talented teams on their schedule, and they've won those games. So I think we, we probably just wait and see what happens next. So they still have to play Miami, and I think Miami is very improved on the offensive line, and, and they're playing really well. But I think they've beaten the two best teams on their schedule already. So a couple of undefeated teams in the SEC. I, I want to ask you, Andy, which one we should be paying more attention to, Missouri or Kentucky? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I think Kentucky probably. 
I, I think we'll see what they do against Florida this week, but they feel like they're getting, you know, if they get a few things cleaned up, they, they have some random kind of scratch your head mistakes, like, you know, snap issues, stuff like that. But, but they do seem to have the right pieces in place. You know, they're, they're really good at pressuring you on defense. Uh, they have some big dudes on their D-line. Their offensive line is better. They have breakaway threats in the backfield. Like Ray Davis can break a long touchdown run. And, you know, they've got good receivers, Barry Brown and Dane Key. Devin Leary has targets to throw to. So they have everything they need, but they do some weird things sometimes. And so they need to put a complete game together against Florida. And look, you know, Florida's coming off that win against Tennessee. Whoever wins this game, probably the inside track to being, you know, the one notch below Georgia in the SEC East. So I think it's a, it's a pretty big one and crazy to think about. Kentucky's trying to win three in a row against Florida after all those years when they couldn't beat them. Andy Staples, our guest, who joins us from South Bend. Uh, so how do you keep up with all the games on Saturday in South Bend? Give us the, the rundown. All right. Well, the, the, having the, the service that you can watch on your iPad and your phone and your computer helps a lot. And, I mean, you can sit in the car and watch all those things uh, in the parking lot before the game or, you, you know, the press box. You have everything sitting out before you. So when, when your game's in a timeout, you can glance down and see some other games. So it's actually not, not nearly as hard as it used to be. It used to be you just, you're just following along play-by-play play on the computer now you can see almost everything so it's a lot of fun I just, god bless technology because <laughs> i got to see a lot more than i thought i would andy i see you and i automatically get hungry because of uh, <laughs> everything you've written about food across the country well what is the go-to spot in south bend for dining i think i might have a new one i'm actually standing outside it right now it's uh <laughs> it's called bourbon and butcher so it's it's actually the lunch place that is attached to a, a place where they, they also serve dinner. And, but, but it's basically, they, they do, it's a butcher shop. You can walk in, all the steaks are in a case. And it is basically the, the price of steak that you get at your normal butcher shop. But you pay an extra five bucks and they'll cook it for you and give you a side for lunch. So I had like an eight ounce filet for lunch and it was delicious. They also do these dry aged beef burgers. I might have actually ordered a burger too. And uh, they, they bake their own buns. I mean, it's, it's like everything is just absolutely perfect. So that was one I have, I had not tried that before. Uh, it is in Mishawaka, which is a uh, suburban South Bend. And it's, it's a gym. Like I cannot believe this place is a mob 24 hours a day. I, I knew you'd make me hungry. You did not disappoint. I'm starving now after hearing that review. Add on three sports on YouTube is where you can find the Andy Staples show, which is, uh, uh, uh it's awesome. Uh, just subscribe there. Andy, thanks for the time, man, on short notice. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch up soon. Keep up the great yep. work. All right, my pleasure. Yeah, man. Uh, it, back to the butcher shop. Chad, you hungry? Now you got an eight-ounce filet, a side. quesadilla now? Andy got a hamburger. Making you hungry? Well, that sounds like one uh, an order I would have. It does. Uh, two entrees and, and one side. Chad once ordered beef heart. I did. That was not my smartest order that beef I've ever heart. made. I immediately started sweating when I ate it. I think I assumed the power of the beast but it that wasn't, I was eating. When you eat the, the cow's heart, dare. you assume the power of yeah. the cow. Yes. It wasn't a dare, though. You just saw it on the menu. You're like, you know what? I'm going to try the beef heart. It was a beef heart Reuben. 
to be exact. Oh. I do love Rubens, and I was like, oh, you know what? If if you just don't think about it being a, a heart, then it's probably good. It probably tastes just like corned beef, is what I was thinking. It, did it, not. it didn't. It tasted diff- very oily. That the heart is very is a very oily <laughs> organ word for it. in the cow. That's what I realized uh, upon eating the beef heart. I doubt Davy has tried that or anything like that. No. Uh, Davey seems to I have don't a, blame very, him for that. a very delicate constitution. I, I, I is what I would it. say about how he eats. Beef I, I, heart. I'm gonna have to look. Chad, that you one know up. what I order too. It's basically the uh, you could describe. Davey it the doesn't same eat way. cheese. That's well, true. that's fair. So, so you I like don't think I don't think he's gonna eat. Kind of guy? Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely eat, doesn't eat beef heart. I'll eat anything. I'll try anything. I'll, all types of protein. <laughs> I'm willing to give a chance. <laughs> so you're good with the proteins, just not yeah, dairy. Very much so. Have you had rabbit? Yes. Okay. I have not. Duck? Yes. Yes. Elk? Yes. yes. Yep. Lots of times. <laughs> Lots of elk. Wow. All right. I've never had buffalo. Joe Rogan that, over here. Bison. Dave's never been living bison. on the Oregon Trail all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Coming up. Uh, he may have dysentery also. We discuss the Broncos who were annihilated and what it means moving forward for Sean Payton. Hey, I'm a dad, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha steaks constantly to guests on my show, Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha steaks from me. Order mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouth-watering gift packages from Omaha steaks starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad Something he'll love this Father's Day. Sixth and Peabody are located with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, Joe Burrow trending in the right direction, according to The Athletic, um, to play on Monday night. Football. Uh, optimism Burrow will play in his status for Monday night's game against the Rams in the right direction per sources through the athletic. Burrow campaigning with the coaching staff and trainers to play, but his game status remains uncertain. And he, of course, uncertain because he, he re injured the, the calf uh, in their loss to the Ravens last week. This surprises me, honestly. I thought they'd take a step back with him, given their start and given how he's looked. And how physically uncertain he's been at times. Uh, I'm surprised that if he goes tonight, that that'll, that'll surprise me. They have so they've they've elevated uh, Reed Stennett from their practice squad, um, so he's available uh, for them tonight. Jake Browning, of course, their backup. And did I see where AJ McCarron is also uh, a part of all this, potentially for the Bengals yet again? When was AJ McCarron? Last with the Bengals. Do we know? Uh, when he went away? 2020 or 2021? Because he spent last – this past season, he was in the XFL, I think. I guess knows the system. 
so can step back in. Yeah, uh, but at least he was at the facility visiting over the weekend. That was uh, a report. And again, if they just, it, there was also a, a report circulating that they were considering putting Burrow on IR. Did you see this? Yeah. Which he would be out for a minimum of four weeks at that point. And you have to sit back and wait for your quarterback to get healthy. But at that point, where they are record-wise, their season's pretty much done. David, did you find something over there with Yeah, McCarron? no. Uh, the last time McCarron was with the Bengals was actually 2017. Oh, it's been that long. Yeah. <laughs> was, where was he? So he, was in Houston? he was in he, Houston. He was uh, drafted by the Bengals, and then he spent time with the Bills, Raiders, Texans, Falcons, and then, of course, who could forget they, the St. Louis Battlehawks. He is on their practice squad. They've signed him over the weekend. So uh, Stennett is going to be elevated, and McCarron is not. I, I'm just surprised. I, I'm surprised. Having watched Burrow play, this feels well, like a, hey, go out there and give it one more shot, and if you're still not quite yourself, they, then we'll put you on aisle. They may also, by elevating uh, Stennett, they may be telling us that they're not going to play him. Yeah. They can make him inactive. I, I'd be surprised if he Because plays. Browning's the backup, and he's the only other quarterback on the roster. You would need someone else if you're not going to play Burrow. But you could also have Burrow as your emergency quarterback. You can name him your emergency QB if you wanted to, based on that, based on the, the new rules. Again, um, I'm with you. I wouldn't push it, but they've got to start winning games. Yeah. That's that that's the biggest issue. I, I think if he does go tonight, which we don't know yet, but if he goes, he looks hobbled and they lose and they're 0 3, that's gonna make the decision. It's not gonna be an easy decision either way, but I think that pushes them more towards IR, get this thing right for a month. And then come back. Chad, uh, we got two games tonight for Monday Night Football. My favorite, the Monday uh, Night Doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, and if you're looking for reasons to, to tune in and go back and forth uh, more than just the excitement that Chad uses for the using the so ABC excited. to ESPN, head over to PointsBet and do that through outkick.com slash bet. By the way, I got ABC back, Odin. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Randomly on Saturday, I decided not to go to the ESPN app and just went over to ABC to watch uh, – it was Clemson, Florida State on yeah. ABC this weekend. And, I mean, it was a eureka moment. Turn back and boom, oh, there back. it is. Game's on. They're <laughs> back, baby. After five months of a standoff between Nextstar and DirecTV, they're back. They finally figured it out. And we didn't know until football season rolled around. Uh, right, right now, new PointsBet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting nowkick.com bet. Complete the registration process with PointsBet. Make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 20 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can snag this offer. Chad, last year, uh, the Broncos dominated the football headlines for the wrong reasons. Right? They, they were almost the, the court gesture. They, 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 were the, they were the comedy. Um, the clown. And specifically, everyone wanted them to make them a bicycle, like Vince yeah. Vaughn. Make it, me a bicycle. When you were done, when That's you what we were, were saying to Nathaniel Hackett. When you were done discussing, you know, the the top teams, you turned your attention to the bottom, and had topics and discussion about that and how they were going to get it fixed. Is is Hackett in over his head? Is he going to get fired midseason? What's wrong with Russell Wilson? He's not the same guy. That was the storyline. It's about to pick up even more in Denver. Because Sean Payton 
was the fixer. He was brought in to fix Wilson and fix the Broncos. He wanted Vic Fangio to run his defense. Fangio chose Miami instead, running their defense. And what we saw in the clinic that was put on in South Beach, uh, in Miami Gardens, posting 70 points on the Broncos, and the points allowed over the last two weeks to Washington and Miami combined. After everyone gets done praising Miami for 70, you look to the next storyline. And the storyline is Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos, who take on Chicago this coming week. And then in week five, the New York Jets against Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. It could get worse, and it probably will, because Peyton's not handling it well publicly. He's already asking reporters what their question is when the question is, how can this happen? 70 points in an NFL game, especially to Sean Payton's Denver Broncos, not Nathaniel Hackett's Denver Broncos. It can get really bad. It can get worse. And it's already worse than it was last season in what was a dumpster fire of 2022. And it's about to mount because already a bad team facing back-to-back bad teams. And one of them has a great defense in New York. You can't lose to Chicago because you come in 0-4 in Week 5 hosting the Jets after all that chatter about Hackett and how you're doing anything other than what they did a year ago. I can't believe it, but it is absolutely worse than where they bottomed out in 2022. Broncos fans, they're not riding. They're off the wagon right now, and I don't blame them. Instead of uh, let's ride, Broncos country, let's ride. It's Broncos country, let's die yeah, together. Well, that's that's what it looks like right now. Let's bail. I would have given anything if that the person that said, you know, what's the question, if they had followed up with. My question is, why are you the way that you are? That would be my question. Based on this this defensive output, or lack thereof, that I just highlighted from today's game. Crazy, crazy bad moment for that Sean, Sean Payton. There was another Sean that had a great weekend in his call of a game, and that is Sean McDonough of ESPN with one of the best mic drop slip-ins that I don't think Greg McElroy, who I know and really like, completely caught when he said it. Okay, But here is audio of the moment that what would have been an amazing underdog story of a Clemson kicker coming back to the team before taking a job in New York City, had been away from the team for a while. When he had his opportunity to hit the game-winning kick, Here's the call from Sean McDonough. He made a 30-yard field goal to start the scoring today. He's made three extra points. Dabble Sweeney said it's either going to be great or terrible. This would be the ultimate greatness. Middle of the field from the 20-yard line. A 30-yard kick. And it is no good! Mom, Lisa, the White's family, Jonathan, the dad, they can't believe it. Perfect snap, perfect hold, good contact. Unfortunately, though, that left foot angled just a little bit wide. And he pulls that ball just outside the left upright. What would have been a Hollywood ending. Well, the Raiders are on strike. Terrific. Sean McDonough, great job. What would have been a Hollywood ending? Well, the, the, uh, the Raiders are on strike. Great knowledge of current events by Sean McDonough. Funny. Uh, not funny for Clemson fans, I'm sure, in the moment, but... 
just a terrific drop-in line by Sean McDonough. And hey, I, I read this morning that it looks like the writer strike is about to be over, which would signify Hollywood being back in business because I believe most actors are simply striking to show solidarity with the writers, so then they'll be back. But Sean McDonough needed no writers, needed no writing team for that great drop. That was a crazy story, though, with White's the kicker for Clemson. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched that, but when he kicked the first one, he was in Charleston taking online classes at Clemson. Because my first thing was, well, how is he back? Is he a student? Right. Because he'd left the team. He was a backup kicker. They brought him back because he was taking online courses for Clemson. He's accepted a job in New York City with a financial management firm. His boss at the job in New York, he's got his apartment picked out, everything. His boss said that he could go kick for Clemson, and he'd still have his job when he was done with that. So he goes to Clemson from Charleston, joins the team on Thursday or Friday, and ends up in that moment. And he had made his kick before, but missed the big one there in the end. And Florida State goes on to win in overtime. Clemson has given up 36 points off turnovers in four games. They gave up 38 total last year. Such an anticlimactic fourth down play for Clemson. On that fourth and two in overtime, it looked so, like miscommunication. It was thrown so, off, so far off the mark. So it's just an odd way for them to lose too, Chad, because if you go back to 2015, 77%, that was the percentage of one-score games that they win the best in the country in that time span. And now they're just not doing that. They've lost consecutive home games uh, for the first time since 2010 as well. Yeah, and I still think – I watch the game and I'm thinking, and Clemson is still good. Yeah. I mean, they've got good players. They they should – they had every opportunity to win that game against Florida State, who's a top-five opponent. It's not like they're just falling off the face of the, the planet Earth. It's just that we had come to and expect such a high bar from them – to lose none or one game a year and win the ACC, that when they lose multiple games in a season, it's a story. It's a credit to Dabo Sweeney and the program that he built that it's such a big story. But now they've got, they're two and two already at this point in the season, and they are 0 and 2 in the ACC. That's not normal for any Clemson program. So we're talking about, it. I still think they're a good team that's going to win eight or nine games this season at least, but. They're not and, the Clemson that we became accustomed and, to. And, and described in the same way and probably better is Bama. And we saw that on display against Ole Miss this weekend. And specifically, the, the second half. Bama destroyed Ole Miss in the second half. Bama ran 29 plays and averaged 8.3 yards per play and scored 18 points. Ole Miss, 37 plays instead of 29. 148 yards instead of 241 like Bama got. And... Um, Four yards per play, they scored three points. Over the final 30 minutes, they were doubled up by Alabama. That's a get-right game for Bama. And same old storyline for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. Yeah, a lot of talk, not enough delivery from Lane Kiffin during the week. Of course, question who was actually calling defensive plays for the Tide, whether it be Kevin Steele or Tavares Robinson, uh, who's uh, on that staff. He said he thought it was not Steele that was calling plays. Shout out to Emily Grace McWhorter with our friends with Next Round Live in yeah. Birmingham. She asked the question to Lane Kiffin, can you tell who was calling plays after that game? Who do you think was calling plays now when they completely shut down Ole Miss? Which was a great question to ask because he talked all week about it wasn't, and he just gave an answer. I, whoever it was, they did a great job. 
<laughs> I mean, clearly, you know, they've got it together now and they're, they're doing a really good job. Um, very respectful after the game, but Lane Kiffin knows what he's doing when he says he that stuff during the week. And it did not affect Alabama in the least. It may have helped them a little bit, in fact. So Ole Miss continues to be a team that's good under Lane Kiffin. He's completely secure in his job status there. Others will probably come after him. I just think, Hutton, we've seen the ceiling for Ole Miss football. He's making nine point, what, three or nine? Yeah. He's, he's and, making- I, and I think that Ole Miss is perfectly content to pay him 9.3 if it equals eight or nine wins a season. Yeah. But as it, long as he stays on that track, they're going to be just fine. But you also, you also realize what Bama is this year compared to years past. And they, this was the time to go on. Two years ago, we were in Tuscaloosa. Yep. And Crimson Tide fans went into Bryant-Denny Stadium like they were going to church. Uh, they were there to tithe. Uh, it was their time to, it was their time to worship the Alabama Crimson Tide. They knew they were winning. This year, they're going into the stadium not knowing, even with this old Miss team. Yeah. There's a difference there. I also think there's a chance that you could, uh, that church feeling you got going mm-hmm. into the game Very solid. with Alabama fans, also just so Not used, to, used to winning. Yep. You know, you don't even consider a loss at home yep. with Alabama football. That loss to Texas and, and a little, you know, two losses a year ago, which none of them were at home, but the two losses a year ago, that could snap that fan base into a state of hunger that we haven't seen in a while from Alabama fans. And it's coming off of, that South Florida performance. There could be a different level of volume. Uh, let's say um, if Tennessee beats South Carolina and A&M and Tennessee goes in there with one loss, that could be a charged up hostile environment in that game given what happened last year in Knoxville. We haven't seen that a lot from Alabama because they win every time. We have not. We saw Taylor Swift in the box with Travis Kelsey's mother. Plus, that's my quarterback next. If you followed me throughout the years, you know I'm a South Dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family. And I know that America First isn't just a political movement. It's a kitchen table issue, literally. You know, I always support American family-owned companies, ranchers, and farmers who put high-quality meat products on the tables of their fellow Americans. And my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give Dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of Dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks Burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code OUTKICK at checkout. Get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code OUTKICK to get $10 off your order. Chad, we have the new NFL version of Brady and Giselle. Every oh, time, every yes, game, we, we you know we watch the Patriots or the Bucks. The camera's going to find Giselle. Over under props on Super Bowl camera angles and shots of Giselle. Now it's going to be Taylor Swift. Was it about? It's going to be far more on Taylor Swift. Was than it about? Well, oh, no doubt. Was it about two months ago when all this buzz and chatter started with? 
Travis Kelsey saying that it was it was summer summer months about the friendship. What, what did she do? Friendship friendship bracelet bracelets, right? And, and Kelsey wanted to get backstage and put his phone number on a friendship bracelet or whatever, and he couldn't do it. And yeah. then he was complaining about it on his show. But two months later, she's sitting in the box with Kelsey's mom. Yeah, I can't. Like, are they really together, or is this uh, oh, I mean, I, publicist putting together. them together as a joke? You don't go. I, I don't think uh, Taylor Swift is showing up and sitting with his mom. Yeah. No, you're, right? you're true. Unless there's a, it doesn't. They're here, together. Here's the deal. Travis Kelsey's a big deal. Taylor Swift is a global icon. Taylor Swift is a far bigger deal than Travis Kelsey. Now, she can't find many celebrities on her page, right? If you're going to go celebrity route, like there's not many guys that would be available that's even in her vicinity from a celebrity standpoint. Travis Kelsey is a superstar NFL player, and that is the biggest league in the United States. How long? So that's a big deal for both of them, but I feel like it's Taylor Swift kind of going down. A notch in celebrity, I, but she can't go up. Is my I, point, or she can't go I, even with celebrity. Date the Pope? I mean, I don't know. How exactly, you, Trump. Yeah, I don't know how you. <laughs> I don't know who's bigger. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. It, it, props to Kelsey. I mean, he, he shot his shot, and two months later, she's she's in Kansas City at Arrowhead. I, I, watching, I saw watching the Chiefs destroy the Bears. I was looking down and saw a tweet during the game from Clay. Saying that Kelsey needs to fire his marketing reps because of the bad decision to endorse Pfizer and Bud Light. And I'm like, the dude's dating Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's his Kid marketing Rock rep is, also. Kid Rock is drinking Bud Light now. Yeah, that's his that's his marketing team also. I gotta ask Clay about that when he comes on with us. I'm like, dude, it's something's going right here. Cause I'm watching the game. I'm reading the tweet from Clay, and I've got one eye on the tweet, and my left eye is seeing T Swift in a damn suite. Next to Kelsey's mom, and I'm like, "Hey, that Pfizer money must really that, those <laughs> Pfizer checks must clear, because <laughs> the guy's got Taylor Swift on his arm, walking out of the locker room together. It's uh, pretty incredible. It is. And the, how about the Chiefs? I love it Destroying too. Destroying Chicago. I, I love it because oh. if they start playing poorly, whether warranted or not, people are going to blame Taylor Swift. Football fans will blame hey. her as the Yoko Ono of the Kansas City Chiefs' possible dynasty." If they start going south. Chad, it's going to be it. tough. It's going to be tough. Their next three games. Jets, Vikings, Broncos. The perfect time to unveil Taylor Swift in the, true. In the box. Remember when Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo dated? Oh, wow. No, I, I do remember. And, I, and I, I everyone for- called her Yoko Romo. <laughs> because remember they went on a vacation in the bye week? They went to Mexico or something and they, had, they got spotted yeah. together. Yeah. And they came back, and Romo sucked. <laughs> and suddenly, Jessica Simpson was Yoko Romo. I'm telling you, Taylor Swift will be seen as the poison to the Chiefs dynasty if they don't play well. Now, if they get on a roll here, yeah, she's going to be given credit for it. Dylan, before the show, Dylan Taylor, who works with us here at Outkick, said that there was a tweet about if you thought, <laughs> if you thought that NFL fans could do some digging. Wait until Swifties get a hold of something negative from the league to Travis Kelsey. They're going to uncover so much dirt on Roger Goodell via the internet if that happens because they're going to be defending Travis Kelsey Someone was saying that a lot of her fans uh, like hated one of her recent boyfriends or something. Like it was – they hated that she was with someone. I got to find out who she was with before. I I haven't – since John Mayer, which has been a long time. That's been a while. 
And there was also the DJ guy. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Davey, you have uh, the list Davey's, of... Davey's got... Yeah, it's Joe Alwyn. He's a British actor. Joe Alwyn? Yeah, he was known. His first film was uh, Billy Long's half... Or Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk. Anything that anyone's seen that he's been He's in. not that type of actor. He's like... Uh, he's a stage performer? Well, no, it's more of... <laughs> he, he, kinda, he only does stuff that no one watches, is what you're saying. Eh, for the most part, yeah. Joe Alwyn. Looking him up now. Uh, good, good looking guy. Chad, are you saying that... Uh, he's 6'1". Always look at height with these guys. If you're dating 6'1". down, is this lower than Kelsey? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, this is... Say a, that name of that movie one more time, Davey. I'm going to... I miss... I, I said it wrong the first time. It's Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Right. Never it's heard a, of that? It's no. about I've a never, I've if never you heard they, it, I have They advertised for it, I think, at the Super Bowl several years back because he, he plays a military veteran. I've still never seen the movie, but it, that is doing this walk for the Super Bowl halftime show, and then it kind of like has flashbacks well, to his... Is that, is that how hey, Taylor met Kelsey? <laughs> That's no, what he was doing here's, here's what's going to happen, though. Her, the next album she releases is going to be about Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Well, he's opened himself up to a lot of... Yeah. I, I would be a little nervous, too, because her fans are so crazy. Well, I mean... That, like, if they perceive... I, I, know, I feel like mentally, like... John, you mentioned John Mayer. I feel like John Mayer can't be uh, in a relationship very long either because he's got to write an album and he needs to, you know, write about a breakup. That's what I think. That's what she does. It's sort of her mo at this point. The next one will be about Kelsey. How no long, no how, breakup with him in, in Mahomes. If but Vegas sets the over under, do they make it through the season? Yes. Yep. I think so too. Because I think there's going to be... Two months after he was trying to give her a friendship bracelet with his phone There's going to be that carrot out there too from Kelsey of. You know, I'm going to have so much more downtime once the season's over. I'm going to really be able to dedicate some time to you, Taylor. I think this is a good opportunity. We're going to go on trips together. It's going to, it's going to happen then. By the NFL script writers to where she, the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl. She'll uh-huh. dump him right before the be Super Bowl. Usher Chiefs the will lose, show. and uh, everybody will blame Taylor. So. Uh, well, the best best case scenario, for if, if, if I'm writing the script here, the writers I think still are technically on strike, but coming off of it, Sean McDonough knows. If I'm writing the script for the NFL – they stay together through this Super Bowl halftime show with Usher to next year, break up before the Super Bowl that Kelsey's in, and then America is already watching, but they watch even more to see if she has a diss for Travis Kelsey at the halftime show. She's performing it. That's what you want to see, Hudden. Um, Haley chimes in for us, Chad, and says she was most recently dating Matt Healy from the 1975 that's who the Swifties hated. I knew that they hated someone. Uh, and, uh, that relationship did not last long. And why, why did they hate him? Uh, they just didn't like him. He's an English singer, songwriter, and record producer. Yeah, uh, it should be on to the next one soon. But the next, uh, Kelsey's going to have a song now. I thought she was with the All One guy for several years. Yeah, that was the long term one. But it was uh, most recently Matt Healy. Um, and she really Kelsey stole. Uh, stole her from, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is, again, get ready for the next uh, love song. And then the breakup Has song. Has she been with an athlete before? Because this, I think, is the first dive into the athletic genre for her. She's been everything else, right? Musician, DJ, record producer, actors. Um, has she been with like a, a just a mogul of some sort? Just a billionaire guy? I don't know. Forget whoever she wants. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, 
Kelsey's been touched by the hand of God in this whole deal. It's like he was chosen out of a group. Joe Jonas. Okay, I'm, I'm going to. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Harry Styles. Tom Hiddleston. Calvin Harris. Um, let's see. Calvin Harris was the DJ guy I was thinking okay. of. Drew Hardwick. Yeah, the list goes on and on. And they're age appropriate too, right? They're the, about the same age. No idea. Her and Kelsey? No clue. Kelsey is 33. Let's see T. Swift. I want to say she's 34. So she, hey, a younger man. Taylor Swift, 33. They're the same age. How about Perfect. that? Taylor liked the older guys for a while when she was a John Mayer. She like, she likes Jake Gyllenhaal. Very inspiration. Jake Gyllenhaal, much older. Inspiration comes from these relationships. No. Next well, it, comes, it comes from being dumped or wronged in some way. So if Travis doesn't do that, maybe she'll never make another album again. Will the Swifties start to hate Travis Kelsey if she's so happy she doesn't want to work and doesn't put new music out in the I world? I did see she's got the, the world tour kicking off where she's going to South America next coming up. And I think that's next month. That'll be no, tough for their, November. their relationship will be really tested it will, during yeah. that time when yeah. she's doing four stadium nights in Rio back to back to back to back. That's going to be tough for Travis. And, and Kelsey's having to travel to Minnesota instead. Kelsey's in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, it is time for That's My Quarterback. It's my quarterback. Davey's bringing back the sunglasses as well. Well done for T.O. I love it. All right, guys. A lot of life is about timing. Timing is everything when you boil it down. And so for this version of That's My Quarterback, time is the key thing to focus on. And our first one, it's just time for a new team. Chad, uh, time, you want to start? Yeah, sure. The time for the new team is Ryan Tannehill. Um, he is battered, bruised, beaten up last year. And same song, different verse this year for the Titans quarterback, who's going to be playing elsewhere, most likely, and he should want to a year from now. I would want to go play in Atlanta with Arthur Smith for instance, or possibly Minnesota whenever they ditch Kirk Cousins after this year. But playing behind this Titans offensive line is going to have Tannehill not just in the offseason looking for a team, but on the opposite end of his career, finding out what he wants to do in retirement because that's how much he's getting hit to start this season. Yeah, I think it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, that 0-3 start, uh, not good for the Vikings. We know that he's going to be moving on after this year. He's still got some things left. He, he made some good throws in that game yesterday. I don't think he's done, but he, he needs a new team. All right, guys, some people might need a new team, but who just needs a new profession? Zach Wilson. Um, the opportunity has been there. It is not being uh, grabbed by the backup Jets quarterback to begin the year of the first four snaps but the starter that they didn't want, that they're refusing to move on from, uh, it's clear he's not starting material for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one because most of the guys starting in the league that aren't very good are younger guys that I think could still probably be a good backup somewhere else. So it's pretty harsh to say new profession. But if we're going just by on-field results, it's Justin Fields. Well, uh, I would also just say let's let's see him with a offensive minded head coach. But here's the thing about Wilson. Again, I don't I don't think here's the thing my about answer, Wilson. My answer is no one. I'm saying if oh, we're yeah. just going by that, he's gonna play somewhere else, but it the, would be the him. difference between Wilson and Fields for me is the defense. That New York Jets defense gave up fifteen points and lost 
and did it last year too where they only allowed three to the Patriots and lost. Zach Wilson's the quarterback of both of those losses. Meanwhile, the Bears, they've allowed 25 or more, more points each of their last 13 games going back to last year. That's asking a lot from a young quarterback that doesn't have much around him for the first two years of his career. And guys, finally for today, it's time to win it all. This quarterback has everything he needs around him, and it's just a matter of time before he should at least be able to take him to the promised land. I want to say Justin Herbert, but he doesn't have what he needs around him due to the head coach and the defense. The answer is Jalen Hurts because everything is rocking and rolling, and we'll see it on display later tonight. I'm shocked I'm giving this answer. It's Tua. Mm. I think it, it, it's now. I'm not going to say now or never, yeah. but now's a good enough time for Tua. If he can stay healthy this year, that offense is incredibly good. Their defense, I think, is good enough, and he's definitely got the weapon. He's got some of the fastest guys in the sport surrounding him on that offense, and they work it well. Give me Tua. Let me find this this one note on the fastest guys in the sport. You're right to bring this up, Chad. It's it's it's, it's Tyreek Hill. The guys who've run the well, fastest on the field I saw, Yeah, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Devin A-Chain. It's like five of the top Raheem six. Raheem Mostert. So they have the yeah. fastest time players, the That's fastest it. top six ball carriers in the season so far. Uh, uh, A-Chain, Hill, Mostert, and... Those are the three that... Waddle, are, too, right? And, uh, Did he Waddle's list? not listed, okay. no. But, I mean, Waddle is fast. Also You're fast. correct. Quote uh, John C. Riley. Their, their, entire, their entire roster is fast. I'm just saying, sometimes you get a knock on the head, you get special powers. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? I feel like the entire team was knocked on the head the way they're playing this year, too. They all have special powers. Davey, stick with the glasses. Permanently. Yeah, the entire show. Permanently. Another hour left.